You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. County. It encompasses 155 acres. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news. It's free throughout the day. Don Hartley, Townsquare Media, Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tide or Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Gary Harris. This leap day or leap year Thursday, it's February 29th. We only get this once every four years, but we get it this year. The final day of February is the 29th. Happy leap year, everyone, if you were born on the 29th. Um, you actually get to celebrate your birthday this year on the 29th. Um, otherwise, if you were born on the 29th of February, Justin, do you think you would celebrate it on the nine leap years on the 28th or March the 1st? You know, funny enough, Gary, I used to have a friend um, from elementary school, middle school, that their birthday was February 29th, mm-hmm. and they celebrated it on the 28th. Yeah, I think I'd probably do the 28th, too. Uh, just my feeling. Uh, although, I guess, maybe if, I know, depending on what day of the week it is, if it, you know, maybe if the, the 28th was a... Um, Sunday, or let's say, or, or um, I don't know. Yeah, I'd probably go on the 28th. Pick pick whichever day I think uh, is better. If it's on a weekend, you know, if you have a choice between a Thursday and a Friday, pick the Friday. Yeah, right. Or maybe the 28th uh, is on a on a Friday and you're working and then you're off on the Saturday, which is the March the 1st. Yeah, you'd probably do it on, on, uh, on the Saturday. But either way, happy birthday to you out there if you were born on February the 29th. I'm Gary Harris. He's Justin Jones. We're ready to roll here on the Gary Harris Show. We got a Really loaded show today, a show we're excited about, and uh, we will uh, run it down for you in just a second. First, though, I need to tell you this hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you, as always, by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit. It's just a better way of banking. I encourage you to find out more about all the membership privileges of uh, Alabama Credit Union. Don't be a customer. Be a member. Find out more at alabamacu.com or get by and see them at one of their many locations around the great state of Alabama. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. And put a little extra change in your pocket. All right, like I said, we are loaded today. And at 9.30, looking forward to visiting with Jody Wright, who um, is the head coach at Murray State in Kentucky, but has a long coaching history here in West Alabama. He played at Pickens Academy for the late uh, Lynn Wright, his legendary father, who was a terrific high school coach. Uh, his brother Jonathan is the head coach at Bessemer Academy. His brother Jody, uh, or uh, Josh, is the head coach at uh, Tuscaloosa Academy. Jody has worked at Alabama for Nick Saban, worked at numerous college stops, worked in the NFL with the, the Giants and the Browns, <clears throat> and now gets his first opportunity to be a head coach in college football. Can't wait to visit with Jody, Coach Jody Wright at 9.30. At 10 o'clock, James Fletcher, who is a bracketologist for On3 Sports, is going to be with us to kind of uh, look ahead of the NCAA tournament. Where does he think Alabama is going to be? As far as a, a seed and uh, where they might wind up, we'll have that conversation. Then at ten thirty, my pal Jeff Spiegel, longtime sports anchor at ABC thirty three forty, host of the Zone, 
<coughs> on Sunday nights. He'll be with us. Plus, Nate Oates and Alabama. That game didn't finish up last night till. Oh gosh, I guess it's about 10:20 at night over there at the Pavilion. Alabama with a 64-point second half uh, to win that game. Wind up winning it, going away over Ole Miss, um, and just an impressive second half performance by Alabama, and a huge win because what that does, it keeps them tied with Tennessee for the lead in the SEC, and of course we know Tennessee is coming to. Tuscaloosa this Saturday. Game day will be here that morning. <coughs> Pardon me. And uh, Alabama and Tennessee will play that night at 8 p.m. So we'll hear from Coach Nate Oates, his postgame comments last night, which didn't happen until by the time the game was over and he got back and did his media session. It was after 1030 at night. So for a lot of you, these comments may be the first time that you have uh, you have heard them. So we are packed this morning. If you want to get involved in the program, the first domain condominiums hotline in hour number one at 205-342-9904. That's 205-342-9904. It's 906. And Justin, let's go ahead and hit them up with some Thursday morning leap year headlines here on the Gary Harris Show. As we said, Alabama basketball did not get off to a good start. In fact, they trailed by as many as 15 in the game against Ole Miss. And uh, we're down, I think, 12 or so <clears throat> with about three or four minutes to go in the half. But this is where I think they won the game, Justin. They ended the half, the first half, on a nice little run. Sears hit a three at the buzzer. So all of a sudden, they were down just three points at the break after trailing most of that first half by double digits. They came out in the second half and quickly uh, took charge opened up a nine-point lead themselves. But then Ole Miss rallied to tie it at 65. And you thought, well, this game's going to go down to the buzzer. But right after Ole Miss tied it, Alabama came back down. And Ryland Griffin, who had a terrible first half but a great second half, hit a three. And then Alabama was off and running. No Latrell Reitzel Jr. again last night. But this is the thing about this Alabama team. They got different guys that can step up. And last night, it was the freshman guard out of Richmond, Virginia, Davin Cosby, 15 points on 5 of 10 shooting. All five of his field goals were three-pointers. And even the ones that didn't go in, Justin, he was having that night. When it left his hand, they all looked like they were going in. But he has 15. Mark Sears does the usual Mark Sears thing. <clears throat> he goes up 8 of 14 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3. He had 26. He did miss a free throw, which is noteworthy because he don't miss many. He went 7 of 8, but he missed one. He missed it, too, right after the broadcast uh, emphasized his mom's free throw shooting for It's the announcer jinx, yeah. But he also had 5 rebounds and 4 assists. What about Aaron Estrada as a guard getting the triple-double, 18 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. He was phenomenal. Uh, Alabama just uh, in that second half, when you hang 64 on a team, and I was on another show this morning before I did my show and was asked about Alabama on defense, and, <clears throat> you know, obviously they got to defend better than they did against uh, Kentucky, although Kentucky shot the lights out. I don't know if anybody would beat Kentucky on Saturday, but they're not going to reinvent themselves. This is not going to be a great defensive team. The good news is, you know, they don't have to hold people to 75 points to win. I mean, they just have to be 
better on defense. They just have to be pretty good on defense. They don't have to shut you down, like I said, and hold you to 62 or some number to win. You know, you can score 80, 85 against Alabama, and they can still beat you. They just can't give up 117 like they did at, at Kentucky. But that sets up the showdown. With Tennessee, as I said on Saturday night, the Vols had their hands full with Auburn. For much of that game, and like Auburn was the better team, but you saw down the stretch connect, outscored Auburn, I think, what was it, 29 to 25 or something over like the last 12 minutes. He went nuts in that game. <laughs> Dog Connect finished with 39 points. Tennessee gets the win, 92 to 84. So now we're set up. Both Alabama and Tennessee are 12 and 3 with three games to go. And Tennessee is in here on Saturday night. On the other um in the other game last night, other two games, A&M's reeling. They've lost 5 in a row. South Carolina goes into College Station and gets the win 70 to 68. They uh, after after A&M tied it up, it was um South Carolina hit a shot with about 3 seconds to go and then Wade Taylor dribbled it off his foot, and AM didn't get a shot at the end. Florida wins at home as expected over Missouri. 83-74 to was the final in that one. Stillman men's basketball beginning play in the SCAC tournament in Montgomery. Today they will play Loyola University. They are the number two seed. Their women yesterday played and beat Blue Mountain 63-56. So you've got... The Southern States Athletic Conference tournament going on. What's unique about this, Justin, is you got the Southern States Athletic Conference tournament going on in Montgomery, where Stillman is playing. But next year, they join the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. And the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference is being hosted this week at Stillman College. And uh, we'll have the commissioner of that conference uh, on again tomorrow. We had her on um couple months ago, but I'll have her on in the morning as well. So kind of unique that Stillman's playing in one tournament and hosting another. So that's a, an interesting situation. Hillcrest girls yesterday, class 6A <clears throat> semifinals at the Legacy Arena. They played the six-time defending champion Hazel Green Trojans. They jumped out. Hillcrest did to a 16-4 to lead, Justin, and still led at half. But there's a reason you win six state championships in a row, right? And Hazel Green came back to win it 52-38. Still, though, a great season for the Hillcrest girls. The American Christian Academy boys try to finish off a Cinderella story. They play Jackson tomorrow evening at 545 for the boys 40 state championship. Remember, their head coach, Blake Thrasher, great guy, great coach, played at Alabama. He's battling cancer. So Austin Grammer, who played at ACA, steps in. And right now as the interim head coach, he is one win away from leading the Patriots to a 4A state championship. That's a heck of a story uh, in itself. NBA last night, uh, I know you heard it in the Fox Sports headlines before we came on, but the Lakers trailed the Clippers by 21 in the fourth quarter and came back and went it. LeBron went nuts in that game. And that's a bad loss for the Clips. A huge win for the Lakers. NFL free agency, of course, is right around the corner. We've talked about it this week. Where will Derrick Henry wind up? It's going to be interesting to see. Can't wait to see. You know, there's some talk now <clears throat> that the Titans may try to keep him in Tennessee. But uh, 
I don't think that's going to work out. I think he's going to want to go to a team. He's 30 years old where he has an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. So that's a check of headlines. We're off and running on the Gary Harris Show. Tom, hold tight. You'll lead us off when we come back on the other side of the break. And uh, can't wait to talk to Jody Wright at 930. This is the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9 brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner, too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by CBNS Bank. Bank anywhere, at any time with CBNS Bank's digital solutions. Managing your finances has never been so easy. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On Tuesday night, Alabama baseball improved to 9-0 on the season thanks to a 10-inning 9-7 victory against UAB. Head coach Rob Vaughn joined us on the radio after the win. Man, just a lot of grit and toughness, to be honest with you. I mean... I thought I thought we swung the bat awesome, really, from from early on. We just man, it seemed like every ball we were on the barrel with was right at them. We had a had a tough wind blowing across, had some balls knocked down to right, but I loved our at bats. We just didn't have anything going, and they were they kind of had everything going. You know, it seemed like every ball they hit a, hit in play was ended up kind of squeaking through the infield and doing that. And our guys just kept coming. You know, it was an emotional game. The crowd was great, um, but I thought we were able to. I talked a lot to our guys, but, man, I want us to play with emotion, but I don't want us emotional. And we were kind of teetering on the emotional line there for a little while, but we were able to be ourselves and kind of do our talking with the bats and in the arms and, and found a way to get it done on the road, which is huge. I'll have more in a moment. CBNS Bank has a long history of stability and a legacy of serving our community's needs for generations. You could say we know a thing or two about tradition. We've been family, community, and financially strong since we began in 1906. Being a team player is part of our culture. That's why at CBNS Bank, we're proud to sponsor the University of Alabama Athletics and prouder to take the field or court with you. Visit CBSBank.com today. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Join us this afternoon for Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR. Streaming live at 2 p.m. Central on all. Harlan Boulevard West, Krispy Kreme is open seven days a week. To see our complete donut, coffee, and espresso menu, visit our website at KrispyKremeTuscaloosa.com. Krispy Kreme, hot now and anytime. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather cool and dry today. The sky partially sunny, the high 55. Tonight becoming cloudy, a chance of some light rain after midnight, the low 44. Tomorrow a cloudy and cool day with occasional rain. Tomorrow's high at 56. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 42 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. Nine seventeen. welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. We're going to jump out on the uh, First to Main Condominiums hotline and talk with Tom. Good morning, Tom. Morning, Gary. Thanks for taking my call. I really enjoy the show. Thanks. Uh, <clears throat> the coach at Carver, Montgomery. Who is he? The basketball coach? Yeah. Uh, it's not James Jackson anymore. Uh, I have to look at Brian Williams, isn't it? No, I don't think so. Hang on. Let me double check. Because uh, they lost a tough one over there. Hang on a second. 
Is it Maybe Reggie Sprouse? Huh? Reggie Sprouse? That's what Max Preps has it listed as. Okay, hang on. I'm going to look it up, too. Uh, yeah, it's Reggie Sprouse is the coach's name, Tom. Uh, who am I thinking about? Well, you're thinking about the great Brian Williams who played at Alabama, but he's not. That's the, it. Yeah, but he's not the coach. Uh, he's not? No. We just told you. I, I wonder how I came up with that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he was at he one was, time. Uh, he was a great ball player, if I remember right. And uh, and it was a discussion going on that I, I, I fell into. And they were talking about the young man from uh, Buckhorn. Hope. Yeah, he's an unbelievable player. You know, right. real quick right. note on Carver. You know, like I said, maybe got him confused. You know, J.J. Jackson, who played here on that 87 team that, that – uh, Correct. Yeah, he was the coach at Carver for a long, long time, and I think went over 500 games and won several state championships. I don't know what Brian Williams is doing now. I'll try to find out. But get back to the kid at Buckhorn who's a phenomenal player. Yeah, and thanks for that. Uh, but uh, the the discussion was uh, the greatest high school player in the playoff in history, right? right? And, 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 and uh, uh, Brian – he said, oh, that's a big statement when you uh, throw that out there considering the history of basketball in the state of Alabama at the high school level. And uh, But uh, th- they came down and uh, and they got Ronald Steele uh, came up in the conversation because he won three yeah. state championships. John Carroll, yeah. And, and – uh, and and, uh, and and Brian said, "Well, you know that that might be in danger with Holt because it's possible because they wanted when he was a freshman that he could end up being a four-time state champion, you know, in a row." And I I got to thinking about that, and I thought, "My Lord, that that's that's some kind of an accomplishment." Well, yeah, right thirty-seven there. yesterday I, against Selena. Um, I know he's being recruited. Caleb Holt is by by schools all over the country. I think he's got what one more year of high school after this, Tom, or yes. maybe two. Yeah. Oh, two. Yeah, two. He's yeah, that's two right. Two. Sophomore. So he's rated as a number one sophomore. If I hadn't crossed up my lines like I have everything else, he's rated the number one uh, sophomore in the United States. <laughs> yeah, I think he's right there. Yeah, I, I think he's in the top three or four, and maybe some of us have him number one. Yeah, he's a phenomenal player. Uh, for people that don't know, we're talking about Caleb Holt from Buckhorn High School, who's six five, um, can handle, can shoot to three, can get to the rim, probably, you know, has a really good basketball body. He's probably already about 195 pounds or so as a sophomore, and, you know, I mean, um, He's special. There's no doubt about it. <clears throat> the more he watches it, the more he likes it. And I thought, now, that's huge right there because God knows how many great players he coached and seen over the years. Now, who was that? Because you I, went out for a minute. Who 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 said that? Coach Wimp. Oh, uh, yeah, Sanders yeah. Said he, that this morning. You know, he's a big fan of the, of the state tournament. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, we all are. And, he uh, he made the comment this morning. I found it kind of sad in in, in some in some respects. I don't expect anybody else to sympathize with me about it. But he said, you know, uh, he said I, I've always loved that going up there when I was looking for players or recruiting players, 
and he said, "Now nah, just go as a fan." And, uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know what Coach Sanderson means to most all of us that are basketball, Bama basketball fans. But uh, at any rate, um, I, I, I was thinking about that. If that young man went four on the team that he's on with four state championships, that is huge. And then, you know, people kicking around the title of best player ever in the history of Alabama basketball, state championship players. And, yeah. uh, God, that's, that's something else. Well, like you said, they, won it, like they won it last year. They're the favorites won it this year. Uh, no, I'm going to tell you this. Helena gave them a game yesterday now. I'll tell you that. Helena, Helena gave them a ball game. Um, but it was, it was Holt that, that, you know, he took over that game in the fourth quarter and led his team to win. And yeah, he's, uh, you're right. He's I'm glad you brought him up because I didn't go to the game, but I got some video of it and showed it last night on my sports cast. And, um, you know, just watching the highlights of him play. I mean, again, you're talking six, five, six, six, um, can handle the basketball can shoot from the perimeter, can get to the rim. I mean, he is a guy that is the modern-day type of player. And, again, I know it's two years away, but, boy, he would fit into Nate Oates' system just perfectly. <laughs> I mean, he really would. It appears, and I haven't got to see him play. I hope that – I was hoping to get to go tomorrow and uh, 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 this weekend. And I, with Alabama playing, I can't go on Saturday and – and then uh, other things tomorrow I can't go. But uh, uh, but at any rate, uh, I'm interested in is he somebody that will be interested in Alabama? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, you, you know, he's an in-state guy. I mean, again, you know, Alabama plays a system that – that guys want to play in. In addition to the 37 points yesterday, he had seven rebounds, six assists, or six steals, and four assists. So he's not a he's not just a scorer. He's a great defender. Yeah, you're right. He's uh, he's one of the best players in the country uh, in his class, and as you said, in contention to be the number one player um, in the country uh, when he gets to be a senior. So it's uh, uh, yeah, he's 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 one to watch. That's for sure. Can I ask one more thing, and then I'm, I swear I'm going to get out of the way. Yeah. Um, help me out here, wrap my head around some things with Alabama going forward after the win last night. Uh, okay, here's, here's, this is from Tom's dream. Uh, Tennessee comes in Saturday, we beat them. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right, then, then we go next week to Florida. Mm-hmm. But when we beat Tennessee... Can we take a, a, a sigh of relief and say, okay, that's it. We're, we're done. We, we've won the No, no, season. you can't at all. You can't Well, then I don't like it. Um, <laughs> what now? I said, I don't like it then. <laughs> well, I mean, now listen. If My Alabama dream, wins Saturday is. night, are they the favorite to win the SEC outright? And, and, and yeah, I mean, if they beat Tennessee and they beat Arkansas, even if they lose to Florida, Alabama's going to get out. I'm confident at least a piece of the SEC championship. Um, obviously, if they win out, they're going to win it outright. Because, uh, But I, I think if Alabama can win two of the last three, at worst, they're going to get a tie for the SEC regular season championship. So uh, the game Saturday night's huge. I think they're going to beat Tennessee. I think they're going to lose at Florida, and I think they'll beat Arkansas. So that's the way I think it's going to go down. I'm scared to death of freaking Florida. I watched a little bit of their game last night. They scared the crap out of me. 
Well, they're good. They should. They almost won here in Tuscaloosa. Um, so, you know, but Alabama's capable of going down there and winning. I'm not saying they will. I mean, you look at their three losses in the league. They were against good teams on the road, and they got blown out in every one of them. They got blown out at Tennessee. They got blown out at Auburn. They got blown out at Kentucky. So would it shock me next Wednesday night if they got blown out at Florida? It wouldn't shock me. So, but, you know, it doesn't matter. If you can win, I'm telling you, if you win, you beat Tennessee and you beat Arkansas, you're going to get at least a tie of the SEC regular season championship, guaranteed. Thanks, Gary. All right, Tom. Thank you. Great call. It's 926 here on the Gary Harris Show. And, um, yeah, getting back to um, Caleb Holt. And I don't follow high school. I mean, I still follow it, obviously. But I used to, man, if there was a top player in high school football or high school basketball, I mean, I was all over him as far as tracking him and all that. Uh, I don't do that anymore, per se. But, but um, yeah, Caleb Holt, if you follow high school sports at all, you know about him. And, um you know, he is special. I mean, I, you know, through the history of Alabama high school basketball that I've been, since I've been following, I mean, you know, you've had, uh, going back to, um, the seventies as far as, you know, Eddie Phillips and Reginald King and, and Leon Douglas and Kent Looney. And, you know, you get into the eighties with, uh, Enos Watley and Bobby Lee Hurt and Charles Barkley and Jeff Moore and, um, you know, and get in later with Gerald Wallace and Ronald Steele. I mean, there have been great, great players that have come through the high school ranks in, in Alabama. Uh, but Caleb Holt is certainly one of them. There's no doubt about that. All right, it is 927, and we're going to get to the break. And when we come back, can't wait to visit with Jody Wright, head football coach at Murray State, and um, has earned that opportunity. Of course, as I said, played at Pickens Academy, uh, played at Jacksonville State, uh, started his coaching career at uh, Jacksonville State, then at Miss. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Restrictions apply. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Never miss a moment of the action. Download the free Tide 100.9 app today. Thirty-one. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show, and we wanted to play my homes in Alabama because Jody Wright is is Alabama as it gets when it comes to football. Played at Pickens Academy for his late dad, Lynn Wright, legendary high school coach. Jody went on to play running back at Jacksonville State, um, and has spent time, of course, uh, at Alabama, uh, coaching under Nick Saban, uh, back at Jacksonville State, UAB. Uh, his brother. Uh, Josh is the head coach at Tuscaloosa Academy. His brother John is the head coach at Bessemer Academy. So he's Alabama all the way. But now he gets an exciting opportunity. His first chance to be a head coach, the Murray State Racers there in Kentucky. And Coach Jody Wright is with us this morning. Good morning, Coach. 
Good morning, Gary, man. I love that. I love that song, man. That's sort of my all-time favorite. Randy O with O-Jack State grass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, two Jack State guys. And that's why we wanted to play it because you are, you're, you're Alabama to the core, but, uh, your coaching career, I like a lot of coaches. I mean, it's taking you everywhere from in state to the, to the National Football League. Um, in the SEC at South Carolina, at Alabama. I mean, again, you coached at JSU, Mississippi State, Alabama, UAB, Cleveland Browns, New York Giants, uh, South Carolina. But now this opportunity. So let's start right with where you're at right now. This chance to take over FCS Murray State, um, a, a team that's – a school, let's be honest, probably no more for uh, – for basketball, had <laughs> some great basketball teams, but uh, but Murray State football has been a little bit down. But your task with the with the uh, job of getting them getting them back good, and uh, talk about this opportunity that you've got, please. Well, you know, it's a lot. It's amazing every day. Murray State figure out some type of connection back to Alabama. Coach Prone, the basketball coach here right now, mm-hmm. you know, Coach Godfrey staff and, and different people, and, and Joe Panunzio. I got a fortunate enough to work with the University of Alabama was the head coach here actually sure last was. time they won, they won a conference championship and you know I got to reach out and talk to him of course he's with the Philadelphia Eagles now about the job and you know he kind of told me it's great people great community and kind of you know the football history and I remember when we played here you know I always remember the horse running around the track they had a thoroughbred they'd run around the track every time they scored so I told everybody when I got here we got to get that race horse running a little more so uh, that's going to be kind of our goal get get the get the horse going a little bit but uh but it's been great you know like I said I've, I've been very blessed to be around whether it was Sylvester Croom at Mississippi State you know I actually got to start um, with Jack Crow at Jacksonville State um you know give me an opportunity to to play college football um, and then had a knee injury and, and got into coaching a little earlier. Than I thought I would, but uh, it was probably one of the best things ever happened to me. But being able to to learn under Jack Crow and, and Sylvester Croom and, and then being fortunate enough with Coach Saban for six years mm-hmm. um, was just the most amazing time. And then you know with Bill Clark at UAB. And, you know, like I said, I've been blessed to be around so many Shane Beamer at South Carolina. So many great coaches, Freddie Kitchens at the Browns, you know, that you got to be around. But it seems like every staff I go to, we all have some good, uh, good Alabama memories and, and everything. And uh, one, of the, one of my favorite things when I was growing up, my uncle Barry Howell, um, he's a big Tider Insider fan and follow you. So when I was little, I used to read all your stuff, uh, Gary. When he was coming up, all y'all's recruiting stuff, man. So that's probably where I learned what little good. That I know about football recruiting. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope he didn't take too much of what I had, uh, what I said to heart. But uh, no, this uh, you again. You kind of laid it out, man. What a what a great story, and and kind of and kind of represents how hard it is the grind of coaching. I know now there's so much talk about how much coaches make and all that kind of stuff, but boy, it's a, it's a grind to to get there. And I definitely want to go back and visit uh, with you in a minute about about working for Coach Saban. But let me ask you about Murray State because I mean I. I, for so long, I thought of Murray, you know Murray State being in the Ohio Valley Conference, but now football is in the Missouri Valley. Am I correct there? Yes, we are, and uh, I would I would consider it the the SEC, uh, and then some for FCS football. So we're going to have a fun a fun challenge, but we're ready to embrace it. <laughs> what you know, taking over a program that the last couple of years has not been very good. Um, you know, your first chance to be a head coach. Oh, I know it's been a whirlwind, but is it uh, everything from recruiting to getting a staff together? What what it's what, what's that been like for you? 
you know, the first thing I always think of is, you know, you got to surround yourself, you know, with, with winning people. And that was one thing my dad always tried to do and preach and always figure out if you get enough winners and, um, the, the winning will take care of itself no matter what industry you're in, I believe. So, you know, the first thing I tried to do was, you know, control what I could control, which was put together the best coaching staff I could. Um, and I, I tried to find coaches that, you know, that had, that had coached Bobby Williams, you know, a long time in Alabama. His son, Nick Williams, was with us at the Giants. He's my receivers coach. And, you know, uh, Adam Ross and Jimmy Ogle, guys that had coached at Jacksonville State, been coordinators at Richmond. And, you know, Adam had been at the University of West Alabama before. But I tried to get guys that, that had coached at this level um, or kind of, you know, been there. I said, if a guy's only played in the NFL and coached in the NFL, you try to come coach it. You know, SDS, you may not understand it. It's kind of like some guys have never been in the SEC understanding the dynamics of, you know, the, the relentless recruiting and, and different things that go on. But, and I also wanted to get guys that kind of knew the footprint because I believe at Murray State, you know, you take Quentin Williams' brother, Quincy Williams, that's an all pro linebacker for the Jets, you know, right there in Birmingham, mm-hmm. Alabama, that they got to come to Murray State. So we're close enough, um, I believe that. I wanted to get guys that had connections, number one, good men, but number two, that, that had connections that, that we felt like we could go get, recruit good players. That's one thing I was, I learned from Coach Saban. It was always ingrained in me, you know, like his first year at Alabama, you know, you've got to, you know, try to build your foundation in recruiting. And, and now roster management is a little bit different with the portal and NIL. Right. Um, but I also told our coaches, we're not going to turn down great high school players. And I thought we were able to get some really good, high school players um, this year that we signed. Uh, we signed a big running back, Jordan Washington, out of Helena, who I was, you know, thought he was good enough to be in the SEC. I, I watched him. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, he is a player. That is a great pickup. I, I, I learned something from uh, listening to you all those years. Listen, he's a football player. I'm with you 100% yeah. on that one, Coach. And, and you know, we were able to get um, a run, another running back out of Moody, and, and you know, we some different some different guys. We got one from Josh Nibble over in Gainesville, Georgia, Baxter Wright. Um, you know, and we had um, a lot of guys on my staff. Their dads are either high school coaches or were high school coaches, so you know, they got a lot of connections, and and it and it helped with uh, you know, and you know, I think a lot of times I feel really bad right now the dynamic we're in because a lot of high school coaches. A lot of high school coaches and high school players are in tough positions because parents are looking at them like, why does my son not have a scholarship? And at the same time, I know there's probably college football programs that are like, hey, our jobs are on the line. We'd rather get a portal quarterback or a portal running back than a guy coming in from high school year one. Um, but I believe, you know, you still you still got to build your foundation with high school players. And I think, you know, I think uh, Kirby Smart at Georgia and Coach Saban's kind of living through that. You know, the last couple of years, they still signed a lot of good high school players, and they went all just portal, portal, portal. Um, and you almost have to treat it, I feel like, how junior college was recruiting back in the day. You better have 75 80% of your roster, um, kind of like NFL. Mm-hmm. You can't build your team through free agency. But you can kind of, you know, a Band-Aid here or a missing piece or, or you know, kind of remodel some areas here with an upgrade. But um, I do still think your core needs to be built off high school talent. <laughs> Is your family acclimating well? Because uh, I know that you know, you, like I said, you guys have been making a lot of moves in the last few years. Or is everybody settling in there in uh, Kentucky pretty well? Oh yeah, well, my, my wife, uh, she's from Tuscaloosa, with Tuscaloosa Academy, University of Alabama grad. So, you know, we're gonna be there a whole lot. But they they're gonna move here in May. 
uh, when they get out of school, they're still in school in Columbia. So I got three children. That's right. Uh, school stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. so they'll be here in May, which is kind of good. Uh, I've been so busy trying to, you know, you got to come in and learn all your current players. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, our goal is we start spring practice Friday night. So we're going to do like a Friday night lights type of start practice, invite and open to the public good. And, and everything. And so we're going to, you know, practice there like it's other coaches. Our goal out of spring is just evaluate our players. Like, what can they do well? Don't tell me what they can't do. We can say that. What can they do? What's a redeeming quality anybody can do? Well, and um, so hopefully I told them we need to find out who can block somebody and who can't be blocked on the defensive side of the ball and, you know, who can make somebody miss with the ball and who can kind of get somebody tackled when they do have a football <laughs> and, you know, different things like that. So um, we're going to have a good spring, but, you know, it's going to be a lot of a lot of just playing. I said the only way you can tell how good you are in football is to play football. So we're going to be playing a lot of football this spring and kind of evaluating there. Murray State head coach Jody Wright with us. You mentioned doing the Friday Night Lights deal. What's your sense on the fan base? Uh, are they are they ready to get excited and 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 get behind football there? They are, you know, and you know, you look at the tradition of Murray State, whether it was Frank Beamer had won championships right. here, so Virginia Tech, Houston Nutt had, had won championships here, and you know they've had a lot of uh, Mike Godfrey has been the head coach here. That's they've right. had a lot of coaches and and winning here and. You know, everywhere you go, the basketball game, and their coach, we're so excited for football. And even last year, you know, being two and nine, jumping into a new conference, they, they have, they've had great support. And I think top 25 in attendance the past two years, um, you know, with, with having losing seasons. Uh, so it's a, it's very good, um, very good, you know, support, um, you know, which has been, which has been amazing, you know, being an hour and a half, um, you know, west of Nashville, but we're kind of, you know, CMO, Southeast Missouri, but there's really no other big Division One program. I guess Vanderbilt would probably be the, the closest to us. But um, but we're going to have an interesting schedule next year. We get to open up, I believe, college football, one of the first games in the SEC. We get to go play the Missouri Tigers um, game one. So that'll be a first first <laughs> fun game as a head coach. But we're we're excited for the opportunity. Yeah, it'll be a great opportunity. Missouri's really good. But uh, yeah, right off the bat to jump in and, and play an SEC team that'll be great for your for your young men. Uh, all right, let's track. You've already laid it out pretty well, but you have worked with and for some marvelous coaches. You mentioned Jack Crow. Of course, I know you you had a great association with with Ellis Johnson. And of course, uh, uh, Bill Clark, as you alluded to, uh, Freddie Kitchens, Joe Judge, for. Uh, uh, Shane Beamer, but but Nick Saban twice at Alabama, uh, the goat, um, recently retired. How did he help shape you as a coach? Your experience um, watching him, learning from him. What was that like to be a guy that uh, can can trace his coaching tree back to Nick Saban? You know, it was it was, it was such an honor and privilege, and I, you know, I thank Sylvester Croom for helping me get the opportunity to, to get in front of him, and uh, you know. Uh, um, but Coach Saban was, you know, every day you just you learn something, and you know, just kind of whether it was roster management or how he dealt with a discipline issue, or or just how practice was organized. And there wasn't really any wasted um, time at practice, or even during his work day. And you know, I think some people thought Coach Saban worked twenty four hours a day. He he was very, you know, he would get to the office, of course, early in the morning, seven fifteen, seven thirty. But when he was there, it was, you know. I always say every day's work. He, University of Alabama got their money's worth in probably a hundredfold. But, um, but you know, he was so great to me. Um, 
you know, when I was a young GA and, and, and then leaving to go to Bill Clark and, and, you know, giving me advice. And then, you know, when I was at UAB and the football program got shut down and, you know, him, him calling and offering me the director of player personnel job, um, which was great. And probably, um, you know, just getting a, probably some of my favorite memories sometimes were just sitting in a room with him, you know, cause I always call it the Nick Saban rule where the head coaches can't go out on the road <laughs> and spring recruit anymore when he was at LSU, probably cause he was out working. People. Right. But so we had our own kind of spring recruiting a lot of, a lot of times me and him in the, in the office watching players and, you know, if coaches were out on the road recruiting, if, you know, Bo Davis or Kirby or somebody or Jeremy Pruitt saw, hey, you know, we need to, we need to look at this player. And I remember Jeremy Pruitt calling one time and he was, he was talking about, he's like, man, there's this big guy, Yuli, um, Florida. He's like, I don't know what he is. But he's a, <laughs> I don't know if he's a tight end or linebacker. He's like, heck, he'd probably be a big running back, you know, whatever. And Pruitt's like, get Coach Saban to watch him. <laughs> it was Derek Henry, you know, but, uh, you know, you think about some of the players kind of the first time, you know, whether it was Devontae Smith, the first time you got to sit in there and, and watch those mm-hmm. guys, you know, with Coach Saban, which was really neat. And, and uh, I tell you, he, he was, um, I just love, you know, because he, he had such a good eye for, you know, if a guy was stiff or kind of, you know, you could kind of coach something out of him. And I, another good example was uh, uh, Quentin Williams, you know, um, who, you know, was committed to Auburn at the time, and he was kind of a, under, he didn't know whether he was going to be a defensive tackle or a defensive end, and and um, we hadn't offered him yet. And but Coach Saban was like, "Well, you know, every time this guy had come to our football camp, he'd gotten better. He'd taken coaching, whether it was his hands or his feet. You know, he'd take he'd gotten better. And it was kind of like, well, what's his body going to take him to be a interior guy or defensive end? And he started out at defensive end, but you know, he kind of you know transitioned interior and ended up being, I guess, third pick of the draft mm-hmm. playing for the Jets, but. You know, I always thought he was he was so good at, at, at kind of, you know, projecting. And then just the management of the roster, you know, I always thought he did a good job of knowing, hey, this this uh, DB we've got here, Minka Fitzpatrick, well, hey, he's only going to be here three years. You know, he's playing that good as a freshman. So we, we better, you know, go ahead and have his backup plan, you know, coming up. Or a young guy's not good enough. We may need to go get a junior college player or something. I, I always thought he was so elite with an mm-hmm. For talent and projecting what was coming up, so but it was some great memories, and and uh, you know I've, I've learned so much from him, and you know always so grateful I wouldn't be where I am today without without his helping me and and everything I learned from him. Jody, let me follow up on the Derrick Henry story because um, you know, like you said, when he was at Uly, it was a man among boys, and but there were so many recruiting. Um, analysts and even coaches that just said he'll never play running back in, in college and wanted to look at him as a defensive end or a linebacker, even a tight end. Um, but Alabama recruited him. He was committed to Georgia originally, committed him uh, or recruited him, got him committed and, and, and saw him as a running back. Uh, talk about the evaluation process that, that you guys had with Derrick Henry. You know, and, you know, I think Coach Saban, even with a lot of the star players, like you he may have known, you know what, this guy thinks he's a receiver, but he's really going to be a DB. He would kind of let them, you know, start out that that area and kind of eventually, if they're competitive, they're like, man, I can be a, I can be the starting corner, but I'm I'm probably the second, I'm a second team receiver, a third team receiver, and you know they kind of transition and figure out, hey, if I want to go on the field, I better switch positions. But but Derrick Henry though, you know, watching him because it's really hard for running backs that are so high cut that are tall, long mm-hmm. time like. 
he is he's the definition of what you would call you know long leg high cut not a not a really tall torso um very very i'm trying to think of another running back that's even built like him it's i mean it is rare it's very rare um, and i think you know when Derek first got here um but he was just such a competitor um you know and of course it wasn't the biggest ball but it doesn't matter like he he either outran you or ran you over you you took your pick you know, but you were not going to tackle him. So if you got his way, you got ran over. If you if you just tried to run him down, he's going to outrun you and, and different things. But you know, I think you know when he first first got there that first spring and everything. You know, I think you know he was so used to just taking a ball and just I call it man child his way down the field sometimes. So you know, Coach Burns did such a good job. Burton Burns, who I think is one of the best running back yep. coaches in the history of football. Um, but yeah, I think Burton kind of did a good job of, of kind of like, Hey, just calm down. And you know, guess what? <laughs> you can't run it that way. You did high school when we played the LSU Tigers, you know, they're going to have those holes are going to close up and you got to be patient sometimes and press a hole and, and different things. And I always thought Derek was so good. If you could, if you could get him two or three steps, like get him going, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. we run those outside zone stretch plays. And if he could get two or three steps and kind of get, kind of get that big 18 wheeler going, it was, it was better not be in the past. But um, but no, he and I. I do think what you're talking about other positions. I do think he could have played defensive end or linebacker as well, uh, and probably made it to the NFL in those. Just you know the type of he's just a football player. But you know, kudos to Derek for saying you know what I'm. I'm I believe back. myself, and I'm the best running back, and, and I'm going to find a way. Um, you know. Well, it's worked out. Hey, uh, coach, before we close this out, uh, great influence of all the coaches that you've, you've played and, and, and worked under, but I want to ask you about your dad because I've had uh, Josh on and yeah. you, as I said, you grew up in the ultimate football family, man. I mean, you're, you know, you grew up the son of a coach and, and, um, the late Len Wright was a legend in high school coaching and that experience, uh, what was that like growing up with a dad who was a coach and then getting an opportunity to play for him for you and your brothers? <laughs> You know, it was amazing. You know, I, I tell people I probably learned how to change a face mask before I could read. How about that? But, uh, you know, being, being, uh, so I was messing with our equipment manager the other day. I was like, Hey, if you ever need to know how to change a face mask, I learned how to do that when I was like four or five. But, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, me and my brothers, Josh and Jonathan got run on those sidelines, you know, and see my dad make the influence he did on, on players. But, um, you know, and I think back at, yeah, I was telling our team, I said, when we have a break at practice, I'm going to make everybody put their helmets on the line and they got to turn their face mask in because that's what my dad made. And I said, it probably had nothing to do with putting your helmet on the line and turning your face mask in a certain way. Didn't have anything to do with winning the football game, but it was just a discipline, like an army type tactic to say, well, guess what? If one player can't do that, we're all going to run, you know, and just like everybody's going to do things a certain way, you know, just the discipline of, of things and, and, you know, and, that was that was one thing I always thought he did such a great job of and you know, and just winning habits and you know, he we were gonna be always thought he did such a good job of the fundamentals and of uh, whether it was blocking and tackling and we were not gonna lose the game by turning the ball over or not playing solid special teams and things like that. And you know, and then getting to work for Coach Saban some days I would see things, you know, his big emphasis on not turning on the ball and penalty you know, and I think mm-hmm. that same thing my dad, you know, tried to instill in us and and being fortunate, but, you know, I think it, it goes back to, you know, the trying to get winning people and, and, and doing winning habits. And, you know, I'm a big believer on, you know, I want to be involved in the community. My, my grandmother, Carolyn Howell ran a shoe store down in Jackson, Alabama. 
She just retired. She's living in Tuscaloosa now, but uh, sweetest Christian woman in the history of the world, in my opinion. But, but you know, she she ran a shoe store, but people would come in there not to buy shoes, but just because the way she treated people, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that's one thing I told my staff. I was like, hey, you know, in this community and campus and everything, we're going to, you know, we got to treat people the right way to give them to buy in. And same thing I told our players. I said, hey, we're going to go out here and try to get people to fill these stands up when you go out in the community you're gonna be nice to all these people because <laughs> you're not gonna ask them to come watch you play if you're gonna you know if you don't care enough to speak to them or, or do kind things out in the community stuff but uh just some great habits you know i learned from my dad you know seeing him win state championships yep. and one thing last thing i'll say about it, you know he was one thing that i always thought he did a good job of was he could find a, a, an offensive lineman that had no business starting on a team, but somehow he could get them to make them think they were a lot better than they were, you know, whether he gave them a nickname or something and he could kind of get the most out of all of them, you know, and, and I think that kind of says the most about you as a coach sometimes, um, that did you get the most out of your team? And sometimes it may not be a championship or trophy, right. but did you get the most out of your teams? And, and, you know, going back to, you know, I think Coach Saban, you know, just talking about him, I think probably one of his best coaching jobs may have been this past season. Oh, yeah. You know, that, uh, to get, to get Alabama basically, you know, one play from probably winning the national championship. But, um, but, you know, I think sometimes that's how you measure, you know, did you get the most out of your team? And, and hopefully 10, 20 years down the road, they're, they're good, productive citizens in the community and, and winners in life. You know. Well, Coach, listen, man, um, I've enjoyed the conversation. Thrilled for you uh, for this opportunity at Murray State. We're going to be watching you closely. And, of course, I'll be uh, covering uh, Josh and, and Jonathan. And, uh, and we're out of time, but I'm going to get you back on. And I, I, one thing I'm going to ask uh, you about and Josh, too, and, and Jonathan is uh, AISA football and what may be happening to that in the future. I know you're a product of it, and uh, it's uh, – Tough times in the AISA, but we'll save that for another day. But thank yeah. you so much, Coach. Gary, thank you so much. And I, I've got your app on my phone, man. I still try to plug in, listen anytime I can. I, every time, especially if I get a, have time to get a good walk in in the morning or something. So. <laughs> well, we appreciate you, man. Look forward to seeing you there at Murray State. I'll, we'll talk again soon, okay? All right, Gary. Tell them we need some good uh, Murray State. They're not rooting for the Crimson Tide. They, they come root for the Oh, absolutely. Right You're going to have, right? you know, you know, you got, you know, you got fans down here, man. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate you so much. All right. Great stuff with Jody Ryan. We'll be back to wrap up the first hour right after this. As much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meet and Three. So don't wait. Ask your pharmacist or doctor about Pfizer's RSV vaccine of Brisbane because every breath matters. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, money. Your best bet for big wins is just minutes away at Birmingham Racecourse Casino, where you can be a winner, too. Off I-459, exit 31 Derby Parkway. You're listening to the Gary Harris Show. Oh, you home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
All right, 957. That's going to wrap it up for hour number one. It's been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Boy, really good to catch up with Jody Wright. And, and, and real quick, Justin and, and listeners, um, you heard Jody Wright in that interview, and that's who Joey Wright is, man. Just the most down-to-earth, good guy, has paid his dues. Uh, really happy for him to get this opportunity as a head coach at Murray State. Now, listen, he's got his work cut out for him. They were 2-9 and nine last year. But, uh, again, what a resume, man. And some of the coaches that he's worked for, he rattled them off. But it's uh, he's ready for this and uh, really excited for him and great to visit with him. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the first hour. Hour number two, we're going to get started with uh, on three sports bracketologist James Fletcher plus uh, – Jess Spiegel, we'll hear from Nate Oates. We'll take more phone calls. Another hour's on the way right here on top. Two, L-U-M-E deodorant.com, code 222. And get an extra $5 off a Lumi starter pack. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com, code 222. Los Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen televisions so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Nick Cope. Wednesday night in the NBA, the Lakers erased a 21-point fourth-quarter deficit to beat the Clippers 116-112, and it was LeBron James who took over. Out near the timeline, the Clipper logo, down by five. LeBron, four and a half to play. Let's fly again! He's got it! Unreal. He couldn't want to show tonight. Spectrum Sportsnet, LeBron totaled 34 points as he outscored the Clippers by himself in the fourth quarter, 19-16. to ESPN reports the Hornets are hiring Nets executive Jeff Peterson to be their head of basketball operations. And the NFL commander's owner Josh Harris is taking part of interviews with top quarterbacks at the Combine. And in college basketball, Kaitlin Clark passed former Jayhawk great Lynette Woodard to become the all-time leading scorer in women's basketball history. Now, this hour's West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. A bill making its way through the legislature without law offices of diversity, equity, and inclusion in state agencies, public schools, colleges, and universities. It's getting pushback from UA students who oppose it. The Tuscaloosa City Council Public Safety Committee split on whether to rename a stretch of 18th Avenue after a mesh pair of city, the founder and medical director of Crimson Network. The city has recently renamed several roads. The Alabama men's basketball team overcame a sluggish first half to come from behind and beat Ole Miss in Oxford, 103-88. Get 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you Download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
All right, here we go. Hour number two, the Gary Harris Show. Gary Harris, Justin Jones. And this hour being brought to you, as always, by Patterson Comer, attorneys at law. Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, they do it right. Feet on the ground in West Alabama. I think that's important. I talk about it all the time. Uh, those 1-800 law firms, yeah, they're going to they're gonna work for you if they take your case, certainly. But you know what they might do? They might take the first offer that the insurance company gives them. You know, Paul Patterson and Mike Comer are going to go with you all the way. And they're going to work for you to make sure you maximize and get what you deserve. That's uh, that's their promise. Their their work day does not end at the end of the work day. They're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Paul's in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport at 205-759-3939. If you need a personal injury attorney, Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law, that's my recommendation. They've worked for me. I know how good they are. And remember, they work on contingency. If they take your case, there's never a penny out of your pocket unless they collect for you. Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All right, we're going to jump out on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline for hour number two and begin with James Fletcher, who is a bracketologist for On3 Sports. Used to work here at Tide 100.9 FM way back in the day, but now he's tracking college basketball and uh, kind of laying it out and getting ready for March Madness. Good morning, James. How are you doing, buddy? Morning, Gary. It's great to be back on those uh, Tuscaloosa airwaves. Well, good to have you on. University of Alabama graduate, now based in uh, Memphis and uh, working for On3. Before we get into the bracketology, how did this opportunity come about for you? This is a really good uh, growing company. Yeah, it's been really great. Been uh, been here with On3 since really the, the ground level. Uh, got uh, a message pretty much straight out of college. Did some internships over the summer after I graduated there in 2021. And uh, got contacted and got in on the ground floor on the national news desk here at On3 before we launched. And uh, from there, have just tried to make the most of my opportunities and climb the ladder within the company. And uh, they've been great to me. And uh, just, just a really great opportunity, like you said, to uh, keep growing and, and keep uh, making my name in this business, hopefully. Well, your CEO, Shannon Terry, I've known him since the 90s. He's uh, he's probably revolutionized the recruiting and team side industry more than any other person that, in the world. So good for yeah. you. Happy happy for you. Uh, all right, let's get into bracketology. I know you're tracking it now every game, every night. Um, what goes into being a bracketologist give us an idea of what your day is like each day particularly now that we're into late february and march to, begins tomorrow uh trying to track all this i guess it's very fluid and i guess it kind of changes from from uh night to night right right you really can't uh develop any set opinions because you know it's going to change every night there's something across college basketball is going to change how you feel or, or what the numbers say because this is really a, a balance of, of two things here. You've got to look at the analytics, those computer numbers, all of the data that you're being given, and you've got to fit it into this mold that the selection committee has given us mm -hmm. uh, where certain teams can't be in the bracket with other teams. You've got certain regional uh, affiliations that you've got to play along with. And so once you figure out where this team has to go and who can't be in the same bracket as them, then from there, you look at those computer numbers, you get an understanding of what the, the data says. And then after that, then it is a lot of watch college basketball, make sure that you're in tune with all the teams that are around that bubble, all those teams that are up near the top that could be potential one seeds or, or get a chance to host a regional as a top four seed. And make sure that you've got a good grasp of the eye test with those teams. 
So, so that's been a lot of what it is, a lot of watching college basketball, and then a lot of waking up in the morning, what I was doing uh, right before I hopped on with you and running numbers and just checking in to make sure that the data has remained consistent with the teams that are in those important spots at the top and they're on the bubble. Yeah, because I'm glad you laid it out that way because let's be clear on this. As a bracketologist, your job is, like you said, to take the criteria NCAA selection committee uses and try to project based on what they're going to do. This is not what you think is going to happen or your opinions don't come into it at all. You're strictly trying to use the criteria to project the field based on what you think the NCAA tournament selection committee is going to do, right? Right, that's correct, and and that's actually, we saw a little bit of a shift. A couple weeks ago, the selection committee gave us their top 16 teams, and so once that happened, I had to make a decision because from there, I was just going based off that data and based off the eye test. Well, after that happened, I didn't have North Carolina as the fifth overall team in the country. I had that uh, distinction going to Tennessee. I thought that they were just a little bit better, thought their resume looked a little bit better, but once the selection committee tells me that North Carolina is the fifth overall team and they're the top team on that two-seed line, I've got to go with that. I can't change that unless I feel like something has happened that would move Tennessee above them when we get to Selection Sunday. So for me right now, North Carolina is that fifth team. Tennessee still sixth right behind them. But we've got a game going on between Alabama and Tennessee this weekend that could definitely change that. Yeah, speaking of the Crimson Tide, <clears throat> good effort last night to come back on the road in Oxford and 64 points in the second half. Where is Alabama at right now as we speak this morning? Yeah, Alabama currently on the three-seed line, and they've got the upward mobility. They can definitely get to a two-seed. Uh, they they right now are really neck and neck with Iowa State to become that top overall seed on the three-line to get their preference of which of the remaining Uh, regions they want to host but they've got that upward mobility like i said they can move up onto that two seed line if they can pick up a win this weekend i think that would go a long way towards making them uh in the conversation to move up and take a spot from somebody uh who is just above them what are the four uh number one seeds at this uh, at this point well right now we've got purdue number one overall and then you've got uconn Houston follows those two, and then you've got Arizona in that fourth spot. And those top three, really, I mean, they're pretty much locked in. You're, you're not going to see Purdue, UConn, or Houston uh, as a two-seed or lower in the NCAA tournament. They, they have separated themselves from the rest of the field with their resume, what they've been able to do with quad one wins, and have really kind of just separated from the field overall, even with the eye test. Those three teams are the best teams in college basketball throughout the regular season. So, I think you've got those three locked in, and then that last spot's going to be up for grabs because Arizona right now has the best computer numbers, but they're also right there with teams like Tennessee, teams like North Carolina. When you look at that eye test and you take into account that the Pac-12 is just not very strong this year. So if you're Arizona, you've really got to hold on to that last one-seed spot because those teams, North Carolina, Tennessee in particular, they're coming for it, and they have the ammunition left on their schedule to get that job done on three bracketologists james fletcher with us back to alabama so you think there's potential still to move up to the two line and uh, let's say that alabama struggles down the stretch a little bit <clears throat> loses saturday night maybe loses at florida it would would four line be the worst or could they potentially drop all the way to the five if they don't finish out strong yeah i think if all they do is uh lose the, the games against good opponents 
then I think you're talking about the worst that could happen is probably a four-seed slide. Now, you start talking about dropping that, that last game of the season to Arkansas. You add in potentially a, a fourth straight loss in the SEC tournament to a, a, a lesser opponent, somebody who might be in quadrant three because we talk about the quadrant system. And, and really, quad one and quad two is where you add value by winning those games. In quad three and quad four, really the only thing that can happen is you can lose value if you lose those games. They don't really care if you win those games. That doesn't do anything for your resume. But if they lose to an Arkansas, if they lose to uh, whoever it is, say a Vanderbilt uh, in the SEC tournament, that would then put them in danger of going down into that five-seed conversation. But, yeah, for all, all intents and purposes, based on what we've seen from Alabama, I think they're pretty much in a tight window between upside is two-seed and downside is a four-seed. James, right now, of course, A&M is reeling. Uh, how many SEC teams do you have projected in the field? Right now, I believe I have uh, seven who are pretty much locked into the NCAA tournament. And then you've got those two that, like you said, have been reeling. You've got Texas A&M. They're really struggling. And it's been it's been interesting to see because this is a team that has those quad one wins that we talk about that are so important to your resume, but they keep losing games outside of those top two quadrants. They lost to Arkansas. They lost to Vanderbilt. And like I said with Alabama, those are the ones that move you down the seed line and can really kill you with the selection committee. So they're still in the uh, – right now I've got them in that, that first four out, but I think that they, they could slip even lower if they can't get things righted and, and get some big wins coming up here in these last two games. And then Ole Miss, who we saw drop a game to Alabama last night, they really need that resume-defining win. They don't have a win over that team that makes you say, well, they are definitely a legit contender because they beat whatever team it is. A lot of their team, their wins that look like good wins have kind of slipped up in recent weeks, don't maybe look as good as they did at the time. So if you're Ole Miss and you're Texas A&M, you've really got to do a lot of work here in this last week mm-hmm. and then in the SEC tournament to make sure that the committee goes with nine SEC teams uh, rather than seven or eight. James, where do you have Auburn at right now? Auburn right now, I believe, is on the three or four line. I think right now they're probably going to pop out as a four seed uh, when I rerun these numbers here a little later in the day and get up a, a bracketology update tonight. But Auburn, Auburn, similar to Alabama, they've got kind of an upward mobility for about a seed line. They can get up into that three seed conversation again. If things go south, I think they could fall down into that five seed conversation as well. All right, a couple of schools that are just up the road. Let's start with Samford. Um, of course, their goal is to win the SOCON and, and get an automatic qualifier spot. They've had an unbelievable season. Any chance Samford uh, could get in as an at-large, or do they have to win their, their conference championship? I think they really need to sell out on that, that conference tournament championship because uh, right now they are in that 12-seed conversation, which means that they're close to the bubble. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not far off from it in terms of their resume. You could put their name in with some of these other teams that we talk about, those Texas A&Ms, and the metrics would come out a little bit similar. But what those teams like Texas A&M have is they have those quad one wins that the selection committee really likes, and they've proven it against top teams at some point during the season. Samford just hasn't had the opportunities to beat some of those really good teams throughout the season. And so for Samford, I think you've got to count on winning that conference championship. Obviously, they were able to secure a share of the regular season title, and that's going to help them a lot uh, just in terms of the momentum. 
but if you're Samford, you've, you've built a really good resume. It'd be a shame to see him miss the tournament, but I think you've really got to go all in on that conference tournament to, to make sure that you're dancing in March. UAB's at 18 and 10. They're fourth in, Amer- in the American Conference. Um, any chance they could play themselves into the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I was just talking to somebody uh, yesterday about the American Athletic Conference and how crazy it is that it's, it feels like every team in that conference is just good enough to make you think, wow, that's a good game, that's a good opponent, mm-hmm. but not good enough to really help your resume in a meaningful way. We've seen Florida Atlantic just fall a little bit below what we thought they were throughout the season. Memphis, of course, had a huge slide from what we thought they were midway through this year. Uh, even teams like Charlotte, North Texas, and SMU, who at, at some point had moved up in the analytics, they've kind of fallen back to the pack, and we've seen South Florida separate themselves but still not have the data to back up that they're one of the top teams. So I think that if you're UAB, you don't really have enough left in terms of resume-defining wins to get you up into that conversation, you're going to have to go on a run in that American Athletic Conference tournament. All right, James, great stuff. Uh, but we'll close it out again with Alabama. So if Alabama uh, wins the SEC regular season championship, uh, will that be enough to get them on the two line? I think the regular season championship, that does go a long way because that means that you beat Tennessee. I think that gets them into that two-seed conversation this weekend. Of course, it means you probably wrap things up on the road against Florida, which is a huge win if you can pull that off. So it definitely gets them there. Uh, but, you know, like like always with bracketology, uh, like I said in that opening opening uh, response, it's, it's, a, it's a fickle thing. And so that doesn't mean that you can go and then immediately lose in the first mm-hmm. round of the SEC tournament. But it, it does get them into that two-seed conversation. It makes them a real contender. Uh, to be a two on Selection Sunday. Wow, Nate Oates has been a two seed, has been the number one overall seed, and in contention again for a two seed this year. Remarkable. All right, uh, fill all the listeners in on on how they can track you on social media and, and uh, where they can find you at On3. Yeah, uh, of course, you can check out uh, On3.com and, and find all my work there, or you can uh, go to my social media page. I'm at JDFletch3 pretty much everywhere. Twitter is where I uh, post all of my work, and so you can find everything there. And uh, podcast appearances as well. So uh, be sure to check that out. And uh, thanks for thanks for having me on. Like I said, it's great to be back on the airways in Tuscaloosa and talking basketball again. Thank you, James. All right. All right. It's ten seventeen. The Gary Harris Show. Hey, uh, if you if you're a young gentleman out there listening and it's prom season, which it is right around the corner, you want to look your best. Uh, there's one place to go: T Town Menswear, T Town Gallery in the University Mall. Tom and the Folks there, uh, they can make you, uh, you know, they can they can make your prom experience special, and he can absolutely custom fit you from head to toe. Whatever you want, if you want something traditional, he can help you with that. If you want something maybe that's a little bit uh, contemporary, maybe a little bit, uh, you know, flashy, that's not a problem either. Your prom will be memorable if you look deal or text deal to 511-511 text deal to 511-511 all pets are unique your pets results can and will vary as and data rates may apply studies available upon request since 2011 billy sports grill located on main avenue in historic downtown northport has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich award-winning wings and handcrafted cocktails billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen high definition televisions both dining rooms at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. 
Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather cool and dry today. The sky partially sunny, the high 55. Tonight becoming cloudy, a chance of some light rain after midnight, the low 44. Tomorrow a cloudy and cool day with occasional rain. Tomorrow's high at 56. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. All right, 1021, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Jeff Spiegel coming up at 1030 right now. I'm joined in studio by one of our sponsors, uh, one of our great sponsors, Houston Hydrosteam. Jackie Houston is with us. And uh, you've heard me say this before. When you're a local business and you've been in business for nearly 40 years, Really all you need to say. Quality work you can stand on. That's the motto. Jackie, uh, uh, a couple minutes I want to visit with you because I know right before holidays you're real, really busy. We're into a new year and, uh, Houston Hydrosteam is ready for not just carpet cleaning needs, but upholstery, uh, tile, grout problems in the shower. You guys can handle any major cleaning need residential or in home yes sir we sure can gary and thank you again for having me on it's just uh uh you know it's a pleasure to be here and thank you so much for all the support you've given us over the radio uh you know spring is right upon us and a lot of people have outdoor cushions that have gotten dirty and mildewed and all that Mm -hmm. stuff you know we come by people's homes we pick up them cushions we bring Mm -hmm. them to our shop we can clean them we can store them for you to the pollens over we can get those things looking nice and fresh for you uh you know uh grout cleaning is a big deal we're doing some today uh a lot of people just don't realize grout gets dirty over time and and over time it you know you just kind of get used to it a lot of people don't realize how great it can actually look. I'm glad you mentioned the outdoor furniture, though, because that's something that I don't think a lot of people think about as far as getting it clean. But when it sits out there through the winter, <clears throat> even if it's covered, like you said, moisture, mildew, it's a great service to be able to get that stuff spick and span for your grilling season, for your outdoor season, which is right around the corner. Well, certainly. And we just picked up several yesterday, and the lady could not believe just how mm-hmm. uh it, you know, impeccable they looked after we got finished cleaning them. And I said, well, you know, I've been doing that service for a long time. So, and a lot of people don't realize that. And, uh, you know, with spring coming around the corner, it's just a great time mm-hmm. to get things freshened up, cleaned up, spiffed up, you know? Indeed it is. Uh, professionally trained technicians, free estimates. And then I know that's one thing that you pride yourself on is, giving the people their money's worth and no hidden charges or fees. In other words, the price that you get quoted is the price that you're going to pay. Well, you know, and so many times people will call a service and, and they'll get a price over the phone. Well, mm-hmm. when that, when that person shows up to do the work, they find out that, you know, hey, this is not what you quoted me. So what I like to do is go out and take a look at their job, see exactly what it is they need, because I'm trained to tell them, look, you need to do this, you need to do that, give them a price, and it doesn't change. That's the way, that's the way you stay in business for 40 years. 
Well, thank you very much. I mean, it is. You got a track record and quality service results that people expect that they get and and you get it. All right. Tell people how they can get in touch with you if they would need some, you know, need some cleaning needs. Well, certainly, you know, um, there's a lot of ways to get in touch with us. You know, our number is all over our van. Certainly, if you Mm -hmm. see that all over town, but our phone number at the office and my secretary's name is Tracy is 205 five five three nine four six zero and we would certainly love it if you just give us a call and let me come by and talk to you yeah a great website too houstonhydrosteam.com that's houstonhydrosteam.com thank you jackie thank you very much gary y'all have a great day all right jackie houston with us in studio all right i want to give you an update on the pga tour event that's going on down in uh, south florida uh the cognizant classic in the palm beaches and nick dunlap is playing this week and uh he is playing well. You know, obviously the, the great story with him winning the PGA Tour event out at Palm Springs as an amateur turning pro. He missed his first couple of cuts. But right now, through 13 holes, he is at uh, minus four. And that's good for the tie for ninth right now. So he's uh, he's playing really well. Several other former Bama golfers in the field. But Nick Dunlap right now tied for ninth with... Um, Let's see. He's still got uh, no, no par fives left, <clears throat> but he's got uh, five holes to go. Got a par three, two par threes, and three par fours to finish out. If he could get to five or six under, be in really, really, really good shape. So we'll be tracking Nick Dunlap and all the Bama guys. JT not playing this week, uh, but Roy McIlroy is probably, um, well, there's no probably to it. <clears throat> he's the biggest name in the field, and McIlroy right now is tied with Dunlap at minus four. And McElroy's through 14 holes. He's playing one hole ahead of Dunlap. And the leader right now is uh, Chad Ramey, who is seven under through 15. And um, <clears throat> you got three others tied at minus six. So um, that's something we'll be keeping an, an eye on. All right. I, I still want to get to the Nate Oates audio. We don't have time right now, but we are going to have Jeff Spiegel in the next segment. And then in that final segment, of course, if we get a phone call, we'll take a phone call. But outside of that, we will play Nate Oates' postgame comments last night after that big win over the Ole Miss Rebels. All right, it's 1027 here on the Gary Harris Show. We're going to go ahead and get to our break. We're going to come back with Speaks from ABC 3340. Visit with him. Uh- and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one breaks destination. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens, but no matter 
matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Into the Gary Harris Show. When you're here, take it easy. You know it's time for uh, Jess Spiegel, who is a laid back and taking it easy kind of guy, and we're glad to have him with us every Thursday to talk some ball. Uh, of course, Jeff, longtime sports anchor at ABC 3340 and host of the Zone on Sunday nights. Hey, Jeff. Good morning. Hey, Gary. Good morning. How are you? Doing great, man. Good to have you as always. And, uh, you know, I'm here in Tuscaloosa having an anchoring show, so I don't get, uh, I miss the days when I did play by play for the state tournament. I miss it a lot. But, you know, we get some people over there to cover games. Of course, you guys are all on top of it, but what a great event. And, uh, it's just, I, I think not just for high school, I think it's one of the great sporting events in the state of Alabama every year, don't you? Yeah, I agree. And I can't remember exactly what year they decided to move the ball to Birmingham. It was sometime in the, uh, sometime in the nineties, I think. But, but, uh, it, it was one of the best things the AHSAA, you know, has ever done. And, and I know sometimes, you know, we, we can be critical of, you know, things they do and decisions they make. And that's easy for us to be armchair quarterbacks when it comes to, you know, an important job, you know, like they have. But, but I think that's, one of the one of the coolest things they've ever done is move that to that facility. So much talent over there on display on both the boys and the girls side. But yesterday, Helena, uh, well, they gave Buckhorn a game, but. You know, when it was winning time, Caleb Holt, the just brilliant sophomore uh, from from Buckhorn, he took over that game in the fourth quarter. Jeff. Yeah, he did, and I knew Helena plays really good defense, mm-hmm. and I knew in the first quarter. That, uh, you know, when I saw that, you know, Holt had a couple of fouls and no points, I said, well, you know, Helena's doing a really good job on him, you know. And then he puts 11 up in the second quarter. <laughs> yeah. And then in the second half, of course, you know, he just exploded. Yeah. And he scored 26 in the second half, and, and they couldn't do anything with him. And not only that, it's not just the points, but you look at the whole line. It was like 37 points, seven rebounds, three blocks, six steals. He was all over the place. And uh, Helena just had no answers for him. A friend of mine who went to the game said, Buckhorn was not the better team than Helena, but there was no better player on the floor than Caleb Holt. And he's only a sophomore. Yeah, it's remarkable. He's uh, <clears throat> He's got a chance to be the number one overall player in the class of 2026. There's no doubt about it. What a finish uh, with Mountain Brook and Carver Montgomery. Two uh, terrific programs. And uh, that was a memorable game. Yeah, it really was. You know, it, it was low scoring. There was, uh, you know, you, you didn't you didn't have the points, you know, that, uh, that, that certainly, you know, you would see. But that's kind of what Mountain Brook does. You know, they kind of grind it out. They they defend you. They make you earn stuff, and they've got some 
you know, just some hard nosed guys who, who bring their lunch pail and, and they put the work in. And, um, you know, Ty Davis is a great player for them. He's the coach's son and he's going to Creighton. Uh, he had 13 and, uh, and, and he's just, he's just a really solid player and a great leader for that team. And, uh, now Mountain Brook's got another shot. You know, Buckhorn beat them last year and now the Spartans have another shot at the Bucks. And, uh, on the, on the voice side as well, big story for us here in Tuscaloosa and you too, American Christian Academy. Uh, Blake Thrasher, the former Alabama player, their head coach, battling cancer, had to step away. Austin Grammer, who played at ACA and went to a, a Final Four as a player, is the interim head coach. And their one went away from a state championship. And with all the emotions surrounding that program, uh, what an incredible season. Now, Jackson's going to be tough uh, later on this uh, on, on Friday evening. But uh, this ACA team, they got something special going on, Jeff. They do. They have a lot of heart on that team. And certainly they're, you know, they're playing for something bigger than themselves. And, uh, you know, I appreciate, appreciate the way that Austin's kind of held things together there. And, uh, you know, some of these guys that, you know, kind of pop up on our radar, Gary, uh, you know, at this time of year, uh, but Eric Hines has certainly been oh, a big player. player there. Yeah. yeah, 17 points, 19 rebounds or something like that. He got uh, in the game, I think, um, a couple of days ago. So he's terrific. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're just playing with a lot of spirit, <laughs> toughness, and competitive fire right now. A couple of uh, teams I want to ask you about on the girls' side here in Tuscaloosa, Hillcrest yesterday, uh, jumped out 16 to 4 over Hazel Green. But you're not the, you're not the six time defending state champions for nothing. And, and, uh, Hillcrest had that big lead. They led it half. But much like we saw with, with Buckhorn against Selena in the fourth quarter, um, Hazel Green was able to put it away against a really strong Hillcrest team. Well, Jerry, I think there's something to be said for experience, right? Yeah. There's something to be said for having been there and done that. And I think Helena kind of fell into that. They led for 23 minutes of that 32-minute game, Helena did, but uh, but couldn't close it out. Now, part of it was they couldn't stop Caleb Holt. Part of it was they just didn't know how to close out games. And I think you could probably look at it the same way with the Hillcrest Patriots. You're going against a team that has won six state championships in a row. This is old hat to them. This is nothing. This is just like a normal game for them. Well, it was anything but normal, you know, for Hillcrest. And when you, and when you've got the lead and, and you, and you think to yourself, Oh my gosh, we're, we're about to pull off this upset. That's when you start getting in trouble. Cause then you start playing tentatively and then you start doing things that are uncharacteristic of how you got the 21 to 17 halftime lead and 16 to four lead. And then that's when the superior team, uh, from a maturity standpoint, can kind of take things over. All right, Jeff. We, you and I both know we, we follow high school sports in this state that in class 1A girls, uh, spring garden is at a, at a different level. And coach Austin and his teams have been phenomenal. Now his daughter, Ace, is uh, committed to Alabama. She's a star. And there's a lot of talk about, you know, shot clock and, and if nothing else, having it for the regional tournaments and the state tournaments because some people are playing stall ball. I give Elba credit for this. They engaged, but I don't think I'd ever seen this. Spring Garden led them 41 nothing at half the other night. Uh, Jeff, have you ever seen anything like it? No, I've never seen anything like it. And, and look, Rick, Ricky Austin, Ricky Austin is one of the coolest dudes you'd ever want to meet. He is a, he's a nice guy. He is a, he's a guy who's just, he's salt of the earth, you know, 
So he's not going to run up the score on you, you know. But, yeah, you, you got to let your kids play, you know. And he wasn't trying to embarrass Elba. Not at all. By any stretch of the imagination. But you teach your kids to do what? You teach compete. them to score. Yeah, and, and compete. And you teach them to play defense. Yeah. And, and, and played some defense. No one, <laughs> no, one, no one did that better than Spring Garden in the first half. And I give Elba credit. Uh, you know, they didn't try to play stall ball. And, you know, they came back. It's not a lot. But they got 16 points uh, in, in the second half. They were only outscored 21 to 16 in the second half. So they deserve credit, too, uh, because we've seen some other teams, Jeff, and I want to get your thoughts on it. I was talking with Barry Sanders about yesterday, about shot clock. And I understand in some of these small rural schools during the regular season, it could be a challenge. Um but don't you think at least for the regional tournaments where you're all, you're playing in college arenas and obviously for the, for the state championships, you're playing in, in legacy arena. Maybe you can't do it for the regular season. I would like to see a shot clock for the postseason. Your take. Well, I'd like to see it in the postseason, but, uh, but, but in some sense too, uh, in some sense, I would think, you know, that, that would be a little unfair, you know, have to, it all to, the ask, time. to ask someone to change their approach. When you get to the bigger, you know, the yeah. biggest games of the year, so that they got in, they got to install the shot clock. They got to do it the whole year. You got to do it the whole year to make it work. And here, here's the thing about teams that stall and they do it against. And and we saw this in the regionals when uh, when McAdory was playing Bryant. Uh, Bryant just a very explosive ball team, and they had a lead over McAdory, and then. Um, you know, they, they, they pulled the ball out with about three and a half minutes to go and they started stalling. And then all of a sudden you've lost your offensive flow. Mm-hmm. You've got no offensive flow anymore. And then McAdory just kind of took the game over and, uh, and, and then wound up winning it, you know, with a three point play there with point, uh, four seconds to go, I think. So, you know, stall can, uh, it, it, yeah, it's, it's a strategy to play keep away, but, but you're also in many senses, Keep your team from doing what they do best, and that's running their offense and trying to score. Yeah, good points, good points. All right, Alabama last night, uh, after getting just shellacked by Kentucky, uh, did not look good early, fell down by 15, 64 points in the second half. They closed out the first half on a nice little run. Sears got a three-pointer at the buzzer to get within three. And then, you know, we saw Alabama at their best in that second half. They ran Ole Miss out of the gym. And now, of course, that sets up the mega game against Tennessee this Saturday night at Coleman Coliseum. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, Gary. College game day is going to be there. I mean, the atmosphere is just going to be just crazy good. And uh, and Tennessee, Tennessee made a statement last night uh, in that game against Auburn. And Dalton Connect was just unbelievable. 39 points for him. He knocked down five from long range. And, and, and they just couldn't do anything with him. You know, he outscored the entire Auburn team. 25 to 21 in the last 12 minutes. Yeah, because Auburn was controlling that game. And then you're right, connect yeah. happened. Yeah. They got that's connected. How took over. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and for a team, Gary, that's been struggling on defense, and listen, they gave up 88 last night, and they're still not there. You know, for a team that struggles playing defense, this guy's going to be a handful. And uh, it, it should be a great game. It should be a classic game. I like Alabama to win simply because they're playing at home and the atmosphere is just going to be crazy good. But if they can't guard and they can't guard Dalton Connect, then 
that's going to be a problem. Yeah, connect on one end, Sears on the other for Alabama. That could be a shootout. Also for Alabama, Jeff, <coughs> pardon me, is that um, if Alabama is able to win on Saturday night, even if they take a loss at Florida and come back and beat Arkansas at home, they're going to get at least a, a share of the SEC championship. So this is um, – this is a huge game for both these teams, but for Alabama in particular, having to go to Florida. Of course, you know, you've still got Tennessee. They've still got work to do. They've still got to play, don't they still have to play South Carolina and Kentucky, I think. So, uh, it's not done for them either, but the winner on Saturday night takes a big step. Real quick question on Auburn. Uh, not that they're not a good team. They are a good team, but do you sense a little bit of disappointment? I know Bruce Pearl early on felt like this was an SEC championship caliber team and they're probably not going to get a, you know, if they went out, who knows? But but more than likely not going to get a piece of the SEC championship. Well, I think you'd be very disappointed if it weren't for the fact that, I mean, night in and night out, I mean, his his team his team has played hard. And uh, the, the only game this year where you can look at it and you go, what in the heck happened with them was when they went to Gainesville and they just, you know, laid an egg against Florida. But night in and night out, those guys have played hard. They've laid it on the line. And um, I don't sense any disappointment from Bruce in terms of, you know, falling short of this goal. I still think this is a team that, you know, is deep enough and is strong enough to give people some fits, you know, in the postseason. You don't want to see Auburn come up on your side of the bracket, you know, in the NCAA tournament. I think they can make some noise in March for sure. All right. Before we close it out, uh, I want to ask you about Alabama football. Um Spring practice begins on Monday. We got an email sent out that we are going to have some viewing opportunities in spring. And, you know, assistant coaches are going to be made available. So it's going to be a little bit different uh, around here than it's been in the past. I, I know I'm looking forward to it, and I'm sure you are as well. Yeah, it will be different. I mean, Kalen DeBoer is going to run things differently than uh, the Nick Saban did. And uh, he's shown that, you know, he's pretty successful at, at doing it his way. Uh, you know, looking forward to, to meeting these assistant coaches and, you know, getting to know them a little bit better. That's something that we really weren't able to do, you know, during the Nick Saban era. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it should be a fun spring. It should be an exciting spring, a lot of newness there and, and, uh, look forward to seeing how it carries over into the fall as well. All right, Jeff, of course, busy with the state basketball tournament and big basketball, college basketball weekend coming up. And, of course, uh, Sunday night on the zone, you always uh, kind of tie it all up and put it in a bow. Yeah, Sunday at 1030 on ABC 3340. Really appreciate you, Gary. Hope you have a great day, man. Thank you, Jeff. 1044 here on the Gary Harris Show. The YMCA of Tuscaloosa is ready when you're ready. Simple as that. The Y sitting there at 2313th Street. Beautiful facility. Uh, great organization led by Jeff Knox, the CEO. <coughs> Terrific personal trainers. Fitness classes, uh, silver sneakers program for seniors, daycare available for to help you with your kids. I mean, uh, you got to get by and see them at the Y. And, and and like I said, when you're ready, the Y is ready for you. And and if you want to look your best in June, you got to put the work in now. Get by and see them. Twenty three hundred thirteenth Street, two zero five three four five nine six two two. The Y of Tuscaloosa. We'll be back with one final segment. Well, phone calls are open on the. Uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, 205-342-9904. We'll take calls if we get them. Also, we'll get to Nate Oates' post-game remarks from the Ole Miss game coming up next. As much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. My caretaker was very rough with me. 
I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough. Elder abuse is a crime, and together we can stop it. If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458-7214. Bass boats powered by Mercury for sale at the Lake Tuscaloosa Team Championship weigh-in this Saturday at Fast and Easy on Highway 69 South in Tuscaloosa. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with Build Your Own Bloody Marys and Mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Alabama Army National Guard. Aired by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The weather cool and dry today. The sky partially sunny, the high 55. Tonight becoming cloudy, a chance of some light rain after midnight, the low 44. Tomorrow a cloudy and cool day with occasional rain. Tomorrow's high at 56. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Alabama fans are all over the world, and we are too. Download the Tide 100.9 app right now in the App Store and Google Play, and take the Crimson Tide everywhere you go. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. You're on Top 100.9 FM, 1230 AM, WTBC. All right, this is our last segment. So we want to get to Nate Oates uh, because Alabama had that 64-point second half. They went over 100 points this season for the ninth time. That ties 95-96 Kentucky for the most in SEC history. Five straight games over 95 points, which ties that Arkansas. Uh, 40 minutes of hell team with Nolan Richardson that won the national championship. So a lot of good company for Alabama offensively. Here's Coach Oates' post game last night following the Win over Ole Miss. Look, uh, Ole Miss, uh, a lot of credit to their coaching staff. They, they were ready to come out and play. We did not do a great job at the start of the game. They, they were obviously much more ready to play than we were. So uh, I give them a lot of credit for having their guys ready to go. And, you know, when we need to do a better job on defense out of the gate, we get down 14, thought our guys showed a ton of character, a lot of grit. We, we, I think we're down 16 at Georgia, if I remember right. So we, we've done this before where we've been able to come back. So the last three media timeout, four-minute segments from the under 12 down, our defense was holding them to under a point nine. First two of the second half, so for a 20-minute stretch there from the under 12 to the under 12, we, we, we had them five, five straight, four-minute segments where we were under point nine so i thought our defense really kicked into gear and we were able to take a lead and build it up and we didn't close well they, they lived at the free throw line the last 12 minutes but offensively we were able to take care of the ball step to the free throw line make free throws when we needed to and and hold them off so proud of our guys you know 
got two guys I'm super happy for right now. I mean, Davin's had an unbelievable attitude all year. Practiced hard, continues to get better on his defense. You know, Reitzel's out. He's been playing great for us. We needed a boost, and Davin had an unbelievable practice yesterday, so I told him, you're going to play. I'm going to find you some minutes in the first half. Make sure you're ready to go on defense. I think you have to reward guys that practice hard and play well and, and he did and shoot he comes out and scores 15 points on 10 field goal attempts didn't even get to the free throw line scores 15 points in 13 minutes you can't get much more efficient than that so uh, you know happy for him and then we haven't had a triple double here since Kyra Lewis did it my first year so you know Aaron's been pushing it been really close you know nine and seven and shoot the way he rebounded it on particularly on the offensive boards there at the start of the second half and the way he moved the ball. I mean, he played 38 minutes and 18, 10, and 10 with only one turnover. So, again, it doesn't get much more efficient than that on the offensive end, too. So, great play out of a lot of guys. Sears, Sears plays 40 minutes and doesn't have a turnover. So, we've been on him about taking care of the ball. He does a great job taking care of the ball and just had multiple guys step up tonight. Yeah, Aaron, did you know you were close to the triple-double, and what do you think it is about your style that kind of lends itself to that? Uh, honestly, I didn't know that I was close to the triple-double. I was kind of just out there playing, trying to get a win, you know, trying to do everything in my power, you know, uh, offensive rebounding, hitting guys for open shots. Uh, I think my last three assists actually came from Davin, too. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Matthew. Yeah, and then Davin obviously 15 points for you tonight. Let's talk about your performance and the progress that you've seen yourself make. And for Aaron, just kind of ask his teammate what you've been able to see from Davin progressing to this point. <clears throat> I feel like all season, I just had the role of helping my teammates, you know, being the leader off the court, you know, helping everybody else see what I see. And then, like I said, my coach said, I waited my time, practiced hard. I had a great pressure last practice. And when the time showed, I came and showed up. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> just to pick up off of what Coach said, Davin, his attitude all season has been A-plus, I feel like, just uh, from observing when I'm playing and being around him, you know, talking to him off the court in the hotel, in the locker room and stuff. He never had a bad attitude. He never was, you know, jealous, complaining or anything like that. So I'm actually happy for him as well. You know, he I think he deserves it. He always practices hard. He always goes hard every drill. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy for him. Anything else for Davin? Yeah, Davin, what's it like to, you know, have a coach that's going to reward good practice habits and reward hard work like that? It's a, it's a blessing. I feel like, you know, um, <clears throat> he's a great coach, and I learned a lot from him, and, you know, he's keeping me to a high standard, and I'm glad I, I am held to a high standard. I know he told you that you were going to play some first half minutes. Did you anticipate having, uh, like, being able to play 13 minutes, getting the minutes that you had in the second half? I didn't know how many minutes I was going to get. I just told him. Whatever minutes, whatever role I got to play while I'm on the court, I would do it, you know, regardless of just scoring or just playing defense. I would rather focus on my defense. I lost myself in the game, man. Just let it flow. I played really hard yesterday. I mean, you know, he's been on the scout team pretty much all year. He, you know, we had him playing Matthew Morrell, which can shoot it. Uh, he was 11 of 22 in practice yesterday from three, but but he was playing hard. Like it wasn't just he was shooting. So he obviously made shots at a high clip, but he also played really hard. Now he turned it over a lot because he's trying to do. His, you know, I said just don't turn the ball over. Get the defensive assignments down where I'll play you, and we played him.
we needed his, we needed his 15 points to win the game. It was big for us. Yeah, just a, a triple double for Aaron tonight, and just what have you seen from him, kind of down the stretch of SEC play and into tonight's performance? I think he's getting comfortable in the offense. He's figuring out where to get his shots. You know when he can attack, when not, how to find the shooters that are around him. And shoot, I keep telling him he needs to quit passing up open threes. I mean, he's two of four tonight. It, he's got to hunt more, catch and shoot threes. He's such a good shooter. He puts a lot of work in. So he deserves to have a good game because he's been playing so hard and he's about the right stuff. And, uh, I mean, it's awesome. But think about all the pros we've had come through here. We've had seven guys either get drafted or guaranteed contract Keon Ellis in the NBA since I've been here only one of them Carl Lewis has had a triple double since I've been here said some pretty good players that Herb Jones was close Brandon Miller could like there's a lot of good basketball players that didn't get a triple double since I've been here that for him to do it's pretty 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 big time all right, great stuff from Nate Oates. Also, Davin Cosby came in last night, 15 points, buddy, and they were big. And, and Aaron Estrada, you heard Coach say it, uh, triple-double, uh, 18, 10, and 10. And uh, first guy since Kyra Lewis Jr. to, to put a triple-double uh, on the board for Alabama. So um, impressive last night. Now the tide gets ready for uh, a game that could certainly go a long way. <coughs> Pardon me. Certainly go a long way in deciding the SEC championship for the regular season on Saturday night. Uh, against Tennessee, 8 p.m. inside Coma Coliseum. Remember game day that morning, and it's going to be a festive uh, basketball atmosphere on Saturday here in Tuscaloosa, and we'll be ready for it. All right, uh, coming up tomorrow at 9 a.m., Adam Amin is going to be back with us. He's already confirmed uh, Fox Sports play play broadcaster. Missed the last couple of weeks. He'll be back with us tomorrow, plus uh, Brett Pritchard, the uh, uh, Auburn reporter, will have the Auburn report, and we'll be talking with uh, the commissioner of the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. Their tournament is in Tuscaloosa this week at Stillman College, even though Stillman is finishing out its last year in the Southern States Athletic Conference. So we'll have that conversation for you as well. Looking forward to that. Catch me on TV tonight with your local sports on WVUA 23. Getting ready for T-Town Sports Daily. Coming up at 11 a.m. The Miller's Edge from noon until 2. And then Fowler will take you home with the game from 2 until 6 this afternoon. For Justin Jones, I'm Gary Harris. Thanks for listening, everybody. I want to thank our guest, Jody Wright. Also, uh, James Fletcher, bracketologist for On3 and Jeff Spiegel as well. Have a great day, everybody. I'll talk to you again in the morning for the TGIF edition of the Gary Harris Show.